Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gamer Heroes, episode 59. This is Derek, one of your normal hosts, and I've got my longtime partner in crime, John. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? It's good, man. It's good. We have tons to talk about today. We'll be discussing uh, Doom Eternal. We got some first looks at its gameplay footage. We'll be talking about Super Smash Brothers some Sega stuff, games that we've been playing. I finally finished Horizon Zero Dawn. I checked out Overcooked 2. Um, just just tons of stuff to talk about. And uh, But first, I'm going to tease a couple of things. So next week is our big episode 60. Six zeros, 60 episodes. And we will be changing things up pretty heavily here at Gamer Heroes. And what that means, you will have to tune in next week to find out what the big change is. We're teasing it for you here. Uh, but it's going to be a big episode next week. Lots of changes coming. So please tune in next week, or not next week, but two weeks from now. <laughs> next episode is what Next episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Next episode 60, the big, big 60 uh, for all of that. Also, uh, we don't talk about it a ton, but we do have a Patreon here on Gamer Heroes as part of the Heroes Podcast Network. So if you go to patreon.com slash heroes podcasts and that's plural um that's that's where we are and a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of august we launched an exclusive patron lounge on our slack channel and so if you uh become a patron on uh, our second tier then you will get exclusive access to our patron lounge and you can chat with all of the hosts on the heroes podcast network there uh we're reaching double digits here Dang. by the end of the month of number of hosts so you can talk to us about anything you want the shows other fun stuff whatever um you know so go check that out if you are interested in that so let's dive into stuff man there's just so much to talk about here um i thought i thought we would get a couple of the small pieces out of the way before we dive into doom and super smash brothers yeah yeah so where do you want to kick us off? We've got uh, these cool custom cases from NZXT. We've got a new PS4 that's coming out, some Sonic news. We'll, we'll talk about the new translucent PS4. Um, that's supposed to be real beauty. And I think, what, what, what is this, the second or third edition to um, the PS4 that they've made? I guess I want to say, because it doesn't really have... Um, very much hardware change versus the gold, right? It'd be pretty much the same. It's really the hard drive. So right. it's got a two terabyte, which God, that's huge. That's pretty big. I don't think there's another two terabyte modern gen console out there right now. Um, unless there was some limited one that I'm not remembering. 
So yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge, right? Like mine's, I've got the Arkham Knight edition PS4. It's a 500 gig. Uh, my Xbox one S that I upgraded to is a one terabyte. So that's even half of what this bad boy is. It is a pro. It's a PS4 Pro. It's a Pro. It's gorgeous, though. It's basically just blue, <laughs> clear blue-ish. Um, it's pretty sweet. What do you think? It, it reminds me of the old Nintendo 64 yep. translucent, like the, the the purple, the grape, or whatever console yep. that they had. That is that. exactly what I thought of, and I think <laughs> that's why they're doing this because they know people like us or, or people who haven't who are looking to come into it looks like it comes with a ps4 camera as well by the way yeah i saw that that's that's actually pretty nice um so all you've got to do is get the headset and the controllers and you can make a vr setup pretty easily fairly cheap as well yeah this bad boy coming in at good well so we don't know a price yet so all we know is that yeah so as you said it's so it's a two terabyte console with a controller the uh the camera the, the normal earbuds and then a stand, which doesn't come with the PS4 normally. You can get that so you can stand it up nicely. Sure. It is a beautiful translucent blue. It really is. Um, but we know that it's limited to only 50,000 in production. We know when it's coming out though, too. Yes. Uh, August 24th. Next so week. Next week. <laughs> I'm going to guess, I'm just throwing it out there that this will be four ninety nine. Uh, that was actually the number I had in mind as well. That, that's yeah. the only one that really makes sense to me because then you're getting the camera for 50 bucks plus um, you're getting a discount on the camera, you know, and you're also getting the, obviously the different case. Well, right. So, so first off it's the two terabyte hard drive, which is already double what the PS4 pro normally is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's at three ninety nine, right? So you've doubled the hard drive space. You're including the camera, you're including a stand, and then you're including a limited edition console and controller. So I think 499 is reasonable. If it comes in under that, then I mean, that seems like a really damn good deal. Yeah. Considering the pros go for, is it 350 or is it 399 right now? Uh, it's 399. Normally you can get them on sale once in a while for 349, but they're normally 399. So, yeah. That's, I mean, if I were coming in now into the PlayStation game, I would definitely be picking this one up. Yeah. I mean, it's super tempting because, you know, like I said, I've got the Arkham Knight edition. And so it's starting to to show its age a bit. You know, the, the UI is a little bit slower. Um, You can hear the hard drive a little bit more. (laughs) Oh God. I've got a first gen like release day, launch day one. And God, you're not kidding, man. It's so, it sounds like a jet engine now. (laughs) Well, so you and I have the same basic hardware because mine's still the, it's pretty slim. Um, so right. it's the same hardware as yours. I just, it's probably a year newer or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely feeling that age and I don't have that with the Xbox cause I already upgraded to the S mm-hmm. and you know, the switch is obviously much newer. So this one's really starting to, to slow down a bit and I've been kind of keeping my eye on, on the slims, but this one's really cool. It's really nice. I'm planning to push my my PS4 to the limits here soon. Uh, probably be getting a PSVR. Um, oh yeah, very shortly and uh, within weeks. And um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm really curious to see how uh, launch day tide or launch day PS4 really handles it. So what what pushed you over the edge to finally decide to get PSVR? Um, there are two. So. so 
<laughs> I know we kind of briefly talked about this with Ryan, but I've been playing his VR a lot <laughs> and uh, super hot is, is a lot of fun. Is it in, super cool? In Yes. Yes. Puns <laughs> intended in VR. It is like, I, <laughs> I know we've already talked, but it really is John wick simulator. Like <laughs> I like it because it's a game. I know it's on steam and you can play it uh, on controller. You know what I mean? You can play it on, on PC, but it is nothing like that in VR. Like VR, it's a game that if you want to go fast and be really badass, you can. If you want to go slow-mo and really think about and calculate how you want to do it, you can do that. It's a game that really, really uh, inspires you to like be creative. Um, but actually, the other game I'm really pumped about is um, Firewall. That's supposed to be coming out at the end of this month on the 28th. And it's like seal navy seal like rainbow six kind of setup and it is supposed to be the best game on vr um and, and anyone who's been doing research knows that firewall's been the buzz so i don't want to go too deep into it but sure, uh sure. yeah yeah sorry anyways yes i will see how my <laughs> launch day ps4 handles it <laughs> fair enough man i think that's fair but i I've been keeping my eye on it. I really want to play Farpoint, which is that sci-fi first-person shooter. I really want to play Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I know has a non-VR mode now, which which is fine. But I want. But it's not the same. It's really not like you play when you play a VR game. uh, Like let's say Doom. Like I've played Doom a lot. We've played on the Switch. We played it. You know, I played on PS4. Playing VR Doom is so much more challenging. Way harder. I probably won't pick that one up because I've just played the game so damn much. Um, I'm ready for new things, experiences, but it is a lot harder and it's a lot, it, it is definitely a, a lot more fun. I, I should say. No, that's awesome. I mean, if, if Ryan has it and you have it, I may have to find a way to scrounge up the cash for it. Cause uh, there's some good multiplayer experiences that we could have together. This firewall is going to be, um, one of the biggest ones for that because the game was built and designed. This is actually really interesting. The game was built and designed for multiplayer and uh, it's a team of four. Communication is so big and so such a big deal in this game that when you die, you actually are able to see the entire map and see where enemies are. So you can still talk to your teammates when you die. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's how they're like, you know what? If we're going to give, we're going to push communication, we're going to give them the biggest advantage if they talk, you can get. That's pretty cool. I like that. And I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but Overcooked has a lot of that communication stuff in it too. It's much more, of course, tongue in cheek and and lighthearted, but you know, you live and die in that game by communication with your teammates. So I totally believe it. Overcooked looks insane. We'll get to that. I, I have so much to, to talk about Overcooked too. I'm really excited. So we'll we'll get there after the news segment. But uh, so speaking of cool cases and things like that, uh, NZXT, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. It's probably like some form of the word next or something. But they do like really aesthetically pleasing PC cases and components, right? Boards and power supplies and things like that. Really beautiful stuff. I've been following them for about a year now. I discovered them at BlizzCon last year. And they've come out with these really cool custom cases, starting with the Nuka-Cola girl from Fallout. That's cool. 
it's super cool. It's a red, it's a red case. It's a little beat up looking, of course, fake, right? It's, it's of course in perfect. It's, it's weathered. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Stonewashed like your jeans. Right. Um, <laughs> and then it's got, you know, the, um, the very kind of, uh, oh, Betty Page style, uh, Nuka-Cola girl on the side, you know, the big, big picture with a Nuka-Cola bottle and all of that. And they're doing these custom cases. It's not the only one. They've got some more on the way for some other games and stuff like that. Um, but they're pretty neat. It's a little expensive. The cases come in at two ninety nine, which, um, if you look at the un uncustom, so this is a what they call their H seven hundred case, and that case usually runs around one forty one fifty. Now I have a full tower that's sitting right next to me here, and I think I spent one twenty on that, and it's got a hot swap bay and all these extra ports for hard drives and stuff. Um, it's a good case. There's better cases, yes. I'm not sure that I could justify $300 on a case, but if you're going to do it, this thing's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Like I'm looking at it and I just don't think it has, uh, it, it, it's great for uh, somebody who wants to run a single graphics card. doesn't look big enough to accompany <laughs> depending on which one you grab too. Um, so I, I think it's more of a novelty thing. But two ninety nine is very steep. Yeah, it feels a little expensive. Now, again, these are custom cases, right? So they're yeah. going to be shorter run, of course, which is going to be part of that. Um, there's going to be a, a, a PUBG one as well that you can get, for example. So they're going to they're going to roll this out to other major franchises, and I'll, you know, I like Fallout, but it's not one of my favorite things. If they were to roll out something. I don't know uh, if Blizzard were to roll out some, some, something with, with NZXT here, you know, there was an overwatch one and you know, you could pick your main, I, I main mercy for example, or, or something like that. That would be a little more enticing. Um, I think maybe I'm yeah. just cool, cool on it because it's fallout and that's not like one of my top tier games. Um, but if you are a big fallout fan and you like building your own PC, I would take a look at it. <laughs> well, like I'm looking at it more and more and it's like got one fan, just one. And there's just not a lot of space in there. And the, the airflow doesn't look that great. Well, so it appears to be, and I didn't do a ton of research on this. So I apologize to anybody out there that knows better, but it looks like it's a mid tower. It doesn't look like it's a full right. tower case. It's small. Yeah. But that I definitely agree with you on that. Right. Everyone has different needs. If you're running a single graphics card, depending on what it is and a single hard drive, or maybe just two hard drives, no optical drive, you know, then you're probably fine. Right. But you know, I've got a larger and I don't mean better. I mean, physically larger graphics card It's old now. So it's outdated, but it's a, it doesn't fit in a mid tower. Uh, not normally. And I've got, you know, I've got three hard drives. I've got a Blu-ray drive. I've got a multi-card reader drive. You know, all these things take up space. The hot swap bay is built right yeah. into it. I, yeah. added, I added in an extra card for USB 3.0 because it only had two of those before, right? So I need a full tower for, for what I do. But if you're just the type of person who wants to put together their own machine and play some games, a mid-tower might work for you. And this, this is definitely a, a clean-looking console. Yeah, I really like the, uh, the USB setup on the top. Very nice. And yes. all the ports are on the top of the, of the box, uh, the case, and it looks really cool. It's very, it's very, it goes with the design. So I'll say this, my case has them on the top too. 
it's not convenient at all. So, because <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, I, when you think, I see that. That now thinking about it, it looks. Well, I mean, you would think it'd be convenient if it's on the floor and you're just, well, you know, you're pl- point, pointing downward to plug things in. But think about that for a moment, right? So back in the day, of course, you know, a lot of the towers ended up being like in little cubbies and stuff like that. We don't really do that much anymore, especially because they require a little more air to to cool them. But if you're spending $300 in your case because it looks cool like this, you're probably not putting it on the floor. You're probably putting it on the desk. And I put mine on the desk too, simply so it doesn't get as much dust and dog hair and things like that. Um, So mine sits up on the desk. It's right next to me here on my right. And because of that, my cables, like my headphone cables have to like, they're all over the desk. Like I've got my mic plugged in. It's all over the desk. Like there's no like clean way right. to plug anything in there. That. Unless it's just a jump drive, right? You got a thumb drive and it's just sticking up there. Fine, whatever. But like my headphones, you know, the cables plugged in on the top there. I have to wrap it behind my, behind my monitors around to my left side because the cables on the, on the left ear, not the right ear. Right. So, you know, it's not super convenient having the cables on the top like that, but you know, whatever, whatever. It looks cool. That's all it matters. <laughs> this right, is not right. what we're going for. <laughs> Functionality. What is that? It does look cool. Um, all right. So next up on our list here in news world comes from Nintendo and that's of course, super smash brothers. Now how they, excited are they you? They dropped a bomb. That's all I want to say. Like, I mean, that, if, if we were going to talk about characters to add to this roster, never in a million years would I have guessed this. No, not even at all. Man. I had so many guesses on characters like, oh, uh, Rayman or Spyro. but Which makes sense. Like, they're like logical guesses. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, because Ubisoft and Nintendo have had a really good partnership the last few years here. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to bring Rayman into the franchise or, you know, Spyro's getting this remaster and maybe they want to do something cool with Sony again. Like they've been able to keep solid snake. Um, but no, out of just left field. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead and tell them, let's tell them what, what we got that you're like, what, what was the biggest shocker? Well, okay. The, the biggest shocker to me was actually King K rule. That was my right. biggest, that's my biggest shocker because it's so obscure. So King K. Rule is the bad guy in Donkey Kong Country at the end, the big boss. He's the big uh, crocodile character right. uh, who's the king and he's got, you know, the, the robe and the crown and his little staff and everything or whatever that you have to fight at the end of the game. That is a character that I probably haven't thought about in five or six years because I, I, don't, I don't think I've beat the game in that long. Um, and even the, the creator was, was making, was kind of making fun of it a bit because it never occurred to him that the name of that character would be used in a game 30 years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's like, I, sh- I should have spent more than 10 seconds coming up with the name, right? It's a paraphrase, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that was just super weird, um, of all the characters. Cause like you could have brought in Dixie Kong, you know, Dixie would have been really cool to bring into the game in my opinion. Um, because you already have Diddy and you have Donkey, I would have really loved to have seen Dixie because she's got, you know, she uh, spins her hair and she can kind of fly a little bit like Peach can. DLC, um, man. DLC, it's possible. But then I think what's probably the bigger news that I, I just don't consider as out of left field, <laughs> yeah, the Belmonts, right? How? Both Belmonts are coming to the game. Richard is a, as an echo fighter of Simon. Um, I mean, there hasn't been a Castlevania game 
in a long time. No, that's what, that's why it's so, for me, so left field. Like I, in a million years would never think Simon Belmont would, would make it. And it's like original Simon Belmont, you know, it's not like any of the newer games that he's in. <laughs> well, part of me thinks that maybe they're doing this to help promote the anime because the anime got a second season. Um, he's which, not even in it yet. Well, not yet. Right. Yeah. But it, it is the Castlevania anime. I understand. Um, it's a Netflix production and Nintendo, you know, really took a, they stopped doing TV shows for a long time. And now they've got Castlevania. They're, you know, possibly working on a Mario movie. Um, you know, hey, things hey, like that. What about detective Pikachu? You forgot about. Oh, detective. I'm so, so, so sorry. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> well, Pokemon's always been a little different because they've been on TV since the eighties uh, or early nineties or whatever. I um, can't get off the TV. Like no, it's no. just, you want them to end, but they just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we got, we got those three new characters. They also uh, announced a few other echo fighters, including dark Samus, which is pretty cool. Um, so she'll have slightly different moves than normal Samus, which is neat. But the piece I'm most excited about, is the stage morph so what is the stage morph explain dude, it to is, us this is so cool so i am not I, okay i love smash brothers i am and in college i i was somewhat competitive i wasn't like in an esports league or anything like that it was a while ago but it was melee era and i did a lot of a lot of tournaments out there and i loved it but at the end of the day, I enjoy getting a group of friends together with ridiculous items and just having a fun, crazy time with, with Smash Brothers. I really do. And Stage Morph takes us to the next level, I guess is the way to say it. But basically, it allows you to pick two different stages, two different levels. And as you're playing in a match, it will morph between them back and forth as you're playing. That's crazy right like how crazy would it be to do like the high rule and then have that switch to like you know final destination or something like that no, which is no idea i can tell you they did not have that set setting on uh at stc when we played it no but no that is yeah i can't imagine having you know being on star fox's ship if they include that again or not and uh yeah, being in Hyrule Castle at the same time. Like, whoa. So I wonder, do they just like, does it just like phase and all the things go away and you just fall? Or <laughs> I, I imagine it slowly kind of morphs into stuff where, where things change into other or objects. Or is it like a, little, like a little thing? You know how when you do like a transition, like a little, just a little blob coming across the left side of the screen that's changing everything? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. There's not a lot of information on it yet. Um you know, and I'm trying not to watch too many videos because I just want to play the game. So if oh, there's yeah. a, if there's demos out there that show it already, I mean, I'm sorry, but no one's writing about it. <laughs> um, and uh, it just seems like a cool idea because, you know, you get into a rut sometimes where you play the same stages over and over again. Final Destination is the big one, right, to prove who's really good. And uh, Hyrule I use as a fun example because it's just it's so large and there's all these weird areas of it where you can get stuck and have these crazy battles that go on for seemingly forever um, so to be able to, to morph between in the middle of a battle could really change the tone of things and I, I don't know it just sounds like a lot of fun yeah no I, I think 
for people like yourself who are more veteran, this is, this is that little extra thing that you needed to, to, to keep, to increase the, the challenge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when, when, when are we coming out? When is this supposed to release? Okay. I, I keep forgetting <laughs> about the date. It is December. So this is a December 7th title release. Um, so it's, it's coming right down the pipe here at the end of 2018. Uh, we, we will definitely see it. And, um, you know, or is it December 4th? I can't remember because Nintendo sometimes releases on, on Friday instead of Tuesday. Instead of Tuesday. Yeah. But then like, it feels like the big, tr like the games, like, uh, I'm pretty sure doom came out on a Tuesday or something like that. Well, that's third party. Right. So their parties usually come out on Fridays. No. Yeah. Yeah, usually. But they might have switched it to Tuesday because it's such a big title. Um, but either way, it's that week, uh, you know, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I got, I'm not, I'm not able to take any time off of work that week, but I've got PTO in to take some time off between Christmas and New Year's. And my hope is by the end of the year to just have everything unlocked, ready to go, you know. I think that's very likely. You always take a, uh, that week or two off, right? It's Almost a good every year. It's a good week to take off. Yeah. You know, get some stuff done around the house. It is dead. <laughs> too. Especially if you're working retail, I apologize and I'm sorry for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like my little brother is in retail. So he, uh, he's obviously very, very busy during that time. But for me, that's a very dead time of the year. And so, um, you know, I do, I do software training and very few customers are doing training during the holidays. So. They're not doing anything i do something similar as well how weird is that small world i know right yeah, it's dead <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these uh, ultimate limited editions so this is kind of fun uh it's so basically they've, they've only announced this in the uk but i imagine we'll be getting it here in north america uh but the ultimate limited edition box set will include the game of course it'll also include a gamecube controller the newer ones and the adapter that the USB adapter that you need to use GameCube controller. I thought that was cool. It's very cool because unless you're somebody like me who got into the Wii U and had Smash Brothers for the Wii U, you probably missed that this adapter was a thing. So I already have the adapter. I even got a couple of those Smash Brothers controllers back for the Wii U. So I'm good to go. I've got four controllers. I've got the adapter. But considering that you know, very few people bought the console and even fewer bought the game. This is definitely needed for this new Smash Brothers on Switch. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for people to get that brand new without any confusion or complication. It felt to me like a true call out to the fans. Um, I thought when when I heard about that, I, I was like, they know. They immediately said, People prefer this. People played it uh, on GameCube, and that's what's used in competitions to this day. We need to throw this in the bundle, and I think that was a great, real. I think it was a true call out to the fans. I really do. It's it's crazy because every every console generation you get new controllers, and Nintendo is really the only one who keeps kind of moving controllers along with you, right? So when you know you had the Wii, but the Wii could use GameCube controllers. And then you had the Wii U that could use Wii controllers. And then they released the GameCube controller adapter. So we could also you know, use those. And now, of course, the Switch is going to be able to use GameCube controllers. So it's interesting that that controller has now survived into its fourth console generation. People like it, and it's very comfortable. 
their ergonomics are very nice. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you look at the Xbox controller and the DualShock. I mean, yes, they are different, but they are not a huge departure from where they came from versus, you know, Nintendo, they've done some weird stuff. You know, you, you, you look at the NES versus the 64 versus the GameCube. It's, it's some weird, weird shit going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Why can't we all just agree where the A button or the X button belongs? That's all I need to know. Every Dude. console, just tell, why can't we have the X in the same fucking spot? <laughs> Every time I start up my PS4 and it goes to, you know, your picture so you can log in, I press the wrong hits, one. I press the wrong where, one. You're hitting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true, though, because I, I bounce, I mainly bounce around between Switch and PS4. Those are my, my main two, right? And they're, yeah, they're switched. You know, at least if you're on Xbox and PlayStation, the, the button layout's basically the same. Right. And the colors will kind of help you. Like, that keeps me in check. But, but Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo's like, got to put the X in the same... It's got to be... It's got to be either that left or the bottom of that pad on the right side. It's got to be. Here's the thing, okay? Nintendo may be the odd one out here, but they had that controller set up first. <laughs> oh, God, I knew you were going to go So, Sony decided to flip it with the PlayStation. Oh, okay, it was Sony. And- <laughs> and Xbox followed suit. Well, the Super Nintendo, those four buttons are the same four buttons that you have today. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, now I don't remember Sega because Sega was different. It had you Sega know, had it uh, where Xbox, Xbox has it. You know, but Sega also only had like the two buttons. Well, it depended on which Sega, right? There was the right, one. right. Yeah. They did that weird thing where it was just two buttons. Well, that was the original Nintendo just had two A and B. Yeah. You know. But I'm pretty sure it was the left, the left side. <laughs> who, the, who even knows? Well, okay. So speaking of Sega, we have some very important casting news for the live-action Sonic movie, which I'm sure everyone's very excited about. Super pumped! <laughs> um, so next next year we're actually getting a live-action Sonic film. Now, of course, Sonic the actual Hedgehog will be CGI. Um, so the big casting news is Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey will be Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. You know what? He's as kooky and as crazy as he is, so I think he'll do it just fine. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's weird. It is weird, but I think he's kooky enough to to pull it off. Like, my other other would be, like, Robin Williams, if he was alive. I'd be like, he'd be a perfect Eggman. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good casting. Um, Because he can do so many voices, and he's very convincing, and he's kooky. But Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's good. Jim Carrey has developed as an actor over the years. Well, Jim Carrey's a great actor, so I'm not saying that. It's just this this role, he's taken a lot more kind of serious stuff as lately. So this is a bit of a departure from his current, you know, stage of his career, kind of going, hearkening back a bit to some of his earlier stuff, which is fine. Right. That's, you know, that's kind of his old wheelhouse, but it just kind of seemed out of left field, you know, and then the other casting is we know who will voice Sonic and that is Ben, uh, Ben Schwartz. If you don't know who Ben Schwartz is, uh, he's probably most well known for his role on Parks and Rec where he played John Raphael. God, John Raphael. I, I don't know how I feel about that casting. <laughs> Basically uh... I'm homeless. <laughs> Uh, he's going to be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I just can't imagine. Like, I sure he's got the pitch. I can see he has the pitch for it. Um, but I actually had a better. I actually like the animated, um, the more recent animated Sonic show that was kind of CG. Um, I like that voice. He sounded mature, more mature. Okay. But I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I enough. still haven't heard Ryan Reynolds as as Detective Pikachu yet, so yeah, that's that's weird. That's gonna be weird. That's There's... even more weird, in my opinion. That yeah, that's that's odd. Um, all right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about Doom Eternal as well as a couple of the games that I have been finishing up. So we will be right back with you. Don't go nowhere. Hey, it's Derek, co-host of Gamer Heroes and other podcasts on the Heroes Podcast Network. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Anthrodesk's Ergo Slant Ergonomic Anti-Fatigue Comfort Floor Mat. During my day job, I am lucky enough to have a standing desk, and while that's helped me get on my feet during the day, it can be uncomfortable to stand for long periods of time. That's where Anthrodesk's Ergo Slant Mat comes in. It's ergonomically designed to help improve posture, reduce back pain, and counter negative effects of heeled shoes. The Ergo Slant provides multiple degrees of cushioning with the top ridge that allows for effective massaging of the instep. Plus, you can reverse the mat to provide an incline or decline. You can find the Anthrodesk Ergo Mat at anthrodesks.com under their accessories. If you use or are interested in a standing desk, you should definitely check out Anthrodesk. Do you like Star Trek? Because over at Red Shirts and Runabouts, part of the Heroes Podcast Network, we absolutely love Star Trek. Join us every week with me, one of your regular hosts, Gregory Bosco, as we talk about your favorite characters, your favorite movies, your favorite episodes. We even respond to some of your comments on Twitter and Facebook, at least those that are appropriate for us to talk about online. Every Friday, Red Shirts and Runabouts. See you next week. We're going to jump on to our next topic here. Uh, There's a lot of meat in this particular news topic and we got a lot to say so QuakeCon, in case you didn't know was this past weekend august 9th through august 12th and uh one of the most most of QuakeCon consists of bethesda works um and we were given a lot of news pertaining to the new fallout 76 but more more than anything else doom eternal Dude, we got so much information about Doom Eternal. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but I guess I'll just pick something. Number one, <laughs> Doom Eternal is going to be on Nintendo Switch. Woo! <sighs> yeah, it's that exciting. Um, I expected it. I did not. This wasn't a surprise to me. I figured if they were able to successfully port the first game, this shouldn't be that hard for them. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, right? Because the first one was not developed with the Switch in mind. They, exactly. they, they had to do it later. And, you know, we both played through it on Switch. And, I mean, I did not play it on another console, so I don't have a, a comparison. But I really enjoyed that experience on Switch. It's not, like I said, it's re- it really wasn't much different other than when you're in an oh shit moment. <laughs> it tends to slow down a little bit. Like, I'll get some some lag, but it's, other than that, I mean, I... I'd say the the experience was very comparable. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a few slowdown points, right, and that that that'll happen sometimes. But overall, I liked it. Um, you know, this new one is being developed with Switch in mind, so that should be a positive experience. I wonder if they'll up up the size to get graphically more intense. 
Well, so that's been kind of the big problem with Switch is that while there's uh, 16-bit, 30, not bit, excuse me, 16 gig, 32, and 64 uh, cards for the cartridges, nobody has used the 64 gigs yet. I just imagine the price must be so much higher. I think that's the problem. I don't even know if Nintendo's letting people use them yet. Right. So, you know, there's going to, these games are starting to include larger and larger download pieces, right? And, um that's okay because you know if you have the sd card and everything it's not a big deal but i would imagine if you could just put this game on a 64 gig cart it's probably gonna run pretty well i that's what i'm thinking um and i actually that makes me think like what will be the first game that utilizes that because it's kind of going to be like a like an achievement unlocked you know what i mean hey we're the first to use the 64 gig (laughs) (laughs) i mean i would imagine somebody's probably going to make a big deal out of that but it could cause the game to be fairly expensive i mean how much more to the consumers though let's be real i don't think they'll ever push that on us but they already have though right because the nintendo switch versions of some of these cheaper games have been ten dollars more right so okay uh overcooked 2 is a good example it's twenty four ninety nine if you buy it in the eShop. It's thirty nine ninety nine if you buy it physical. But that makes sense to me. So, well, but it, that's not the case for other games. If you buy Overcooked, like, and you know, I guess I haven't looked specifically for Overcooked, right? But there's been some other games where it's ten dollars more on the Switch than it is on the PS4 or the Xbox. Absolutely, um, and I think that has to do with because the switch is so limited on memory, you know, you can either pay more and save that memory. I know it's expandable, but you know what I mean? Um, or you buy in our shop, we'll give you a discount, use up your memory. Like it's kind of a clever tactic They're, they're They would prefer you to buy clearly. They would prefer to you to buy in the e-shop um, and be digital. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the way I look at it though, for me is I think, the reason they won't raise the prices if they were to ever make the jump to the 64 gigabyte is because the only reason we're paying 59.99 for the smaller cards right now is because that's where the market is telling where the price is for new AAA titles is. Um, so I feel like it'll just fall into that slot again. Because uh, l- let's be honest, who's who, who, people are going to get pissed if you say, oh, now it's $70. Well, that's what I'm concerned about. And I, I guess we won't really know until it happens, right? Um, they know that people are going to be pissed, though. Yeah, people will be pissed. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. So, uh, But I'm curious to see how this one does. You know, it's, it, it is supposed to run at 30 frames per second, which I know is not the 60 frames per second that everybody wants, but... It's hardly noticeable on the yeah. Switch, at least. If it's consistently holding that 30, it doesn't matter. Now, I will say I watched the gameplay footage that they showed at QuakeCon, and, man, that game looks really cool. <laughs> it really looks great. I um, think uh, – so what was your favorite part? Let's talk about the trailer uh, alone. So what was your favorite part of the trailer? Because I have something in mind that stuck out the biggest thing to me. My favorite part, I think just the melee attacks looked so much better and, and a little more sophisticated than the last game. Not that they were bad in the last one, but just just some of those moves and the way that you know, he was like slicing through. It just it just looked really solid. Yeah, no, they they definitely upped the ante on that. 
Um, my favorite part was the grapple hook shotgun. Oh, yes. That is probably the biggest game changer. Think about the melees. Think about the combos that you can come up with. Think about the places you can reach with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to change the game considerably, just that weapon alone. Yeah, I think that's fair. I definitely think that's fair. Yeah, because like I looked at that, and I got, the second he did that, I'm like, did he just – where did that come from? And I went to, I had to go look at it again and it, it is a fucking grapple hook shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That looked pretty cool. I mean, just the graphics, uh, you know, across the board, just everything seems so much sharper, so much cleaner. Uh, the colors even seemed more vibrant, which for me as someone who has some color blindness uh, was really nice to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just, it just looked like an enhancement over the previous game, which I know is expected and everything like that. uh, But it's always good to see that it's actually going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't get to catch the details, but there's a specific reason why Bethesda didn't call this doom two. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. I, I wish I would have caught, I was not in a good position to read the article, but I saw that and I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. So I'll have to look that up here. But there's a reason it's not uh, particularly a sequel. Um, and Eternal, I think, like we were theorizing earlier on in the in the year or you know a few months ago, it's more expandable. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Close. So there's some rumors that maybe the, that the, the name kind of falls in line with the the longer running games as a service model, but there's nothing that I see so far to make me feel like that's the case. Though they did confirm that DLC is in the works. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I almost expect every game now to have DLC at some point. Yeah. I mean, uh, once, once Nintendo starts doing DLC, that's, they that's do. Kind yeah. Kind of, that's, that's it. Everyone's doing yeah. it. So <laughs> they finally joined the party. Um, so let's talk about, doom doom eternals competitive multiplayer did you ever have a chance to play multiplayer on the current doom game on switch i did it was pretty lackluster i did not find it interesting at all i i tried to like it and i tried to get into it but there is so many um i think the game modes are just not interesting enough no they're not i mean i played the campaign which is what i really wanted from the game uh but other than that it was pretty boring yeah, so looks like they're changing it up considerably on this game. What are you excited about, particularly about the new? Are you going to try the the multiplayer on this game? I mean, I'm I'm torn. Um, I I certainly will give it a shot, but I'm not the biggest multiplayer person in the world, especially if they're really going the competitive route, because I just don't have the time to get that good in a game like this anymore. You know, the only game that I really spend that much time on that's, that's a first-person shooter is Overwatch. And so this would have to take over my interest in Overwatch. And I just don't, I don't see that happening. But, you know, I've been wrong before. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're kind of... They, I think they realized that their multiplayer was lacking in the first game. And they're taking a lot, a lot of the motto that every other game has right now, uh, very successful online games where we're going to do seasons. We're going to do um, exclusive things that you can get when you do in those seasons. I, I, I just think they're following suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a market thing, and that's fine. I'm definitely not saying they shouldn't do that. I think it's it's a good call given where the interest is, right? Everybody wants these Fortnite and PUBG and Splatoon 2 and all of that. Like these these competitive online experiences are the the current trend. I just I don't think that's going to supersede for me what the story is. I want the campaign. The campaign looks really different in this one. Um, it looks like he makes it back to civilization and then uh, back to a normal, I don't know, like a normal ship that hasn't been infected yet, but yet, or not infected, but overran by this this hellish, I don't know, hell hasn't broke loose yet there on this place. It's starting to. It's like the beginning phases of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. I wonder if some of the enemies will be human. That'd be interesting. That would be very interesting. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I loved Doom. I thought they did such a good job with that remake. And so I, I'm really looking forward to the sequel. Let's talk a little bit more about Bethesda's Fallout 76. There's a lot of new information. Um, not quite as much as Doom. Doom they gave us the most chunks of. But so I know a lot of my concerns when it came to Fallout 76 was it's a completely online based game. People are going to shoot you. They're going to be dicks. Uh, there are <laughs> nuclear missiles involved. You're going to spend all this time building a fallout shelter and they're just going to destroy it. So Bethesda came up with some solutions, how they're going to combat that. So particularly so tell, tell, tell me about this. I, Cause this was my yeah. main concern with fallout 76 was that some jackass is going to nuke my whole civilization and what's the fucking point so so tell me about this this is important to me so did the developers of fallout 76 were asked this question and um they said they've come up with the solution they feel is the best to combat that so what they're done what they've done is you can't just build a nuke and just fire it whenever you want there are Uh, I think he said four nuclear launch codes that are scattered throughout the map and random enemies. So it's not something you can just do. It's something you will accidentally find and eventually have to do. Um, So the, the idea to that is you went through a lot of shit to get this nuke. Do you really want to waste it? (laughs) That's kind of their motto on that. Okay. Okay. Um, And I think it's kind of genius actually. Because it is, it is a cost. It's not just, I have the resources, I can do this. So that's another piece of the puzzle. You actually have to have the resources to build it, which they have already said is, will not be easy to find or get. And you will have to be at a specific point in the game to be there. But on top of that, you have to have the nuclear launch codes, which will be dropped by random enemies at different parts of the map. That is interesting. I mean, clearly that makes it a lot more difficult than like in the old Rise of Nations game where as long as you progress to a certain point, you get nukes and you can nuke the map. I think it was like 10 times or something before the end of the world. So like, that's good. That makes me feel a little better about it. But I mean, people who get really good at the game will still be able to do that. Yeah, I I think it's it's just the idea that this isn't something you can easily get. You have to actually work for it. And so... (laughs) <laughs> I think after, for me personally, if I put in that much work and I fought a shit ton of enemies, random points of the maps, finally got the codes, I'm going to wait until someone really pisses me off <laughs> to use it. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. But you're not a troll though, I think is the key, right? Like you're not the type of person who wants to troll other players. You know, trolls will go to, to great lengths to, <laughs> to complete their task, you know? And I think that's my main concern. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully the, the, the amount of barriers they put in the way um, will prevent that. So speaking yeah. of trolls and being dicks um, now, like I was saying, since it's a good game that consists of mainly PVP, um, and there are enemies, there are PVEs in there, but they have came up with a system that will help stop, hopefully, people from being dicks. So they've came up with a system that will, when you attack someone who is not engaging you, so they didn't go into too much detail about the engaging part, like what considers, what constitutes engaging. But they said if someone is attacking you and you are not engaging, they will do considerably low damage to you. So that okay. means they will do a fraction of the damage, very small amount. They can still damage you, but it will be so small that if you were engaging, it jumps back up to the normal. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder how they're going to account for that because that means if somebody happens to get a jump on you, then they, you might still be able to kill them even if they're not trying to screw with you. What are you saying? Are you saying like if I started shooting you, you weren't engaging me or I wasn't engaged, excuse me, yeah, you weren't engaging me and I was pissing, I got pissed off or you got, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? No, here's, here's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is if if you, if you go to get, like headshot me or something like yeah. that, right? That's not going to kill me because I have not engaged you. Am I understanding no, that correctly? It's not, it's not just not killing you. It's they've lowered the, the non-engagement shots very, very low. That's, that's what I'm trying to say though, right? Like how are they classifying not non-engagement? Is it just like, cause if you, if you see me first, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to troll me or that I'm not engaging you. It just means you got the jump on me. So, so I would imagine, um, I'm wondering that's that. And that's the question that we're all asking is, so what is con- classified as engagement? And what if like you, I get what you're saying now you're, you, you know, this is part of a mission or this is part of something that you're doing and he's an enemy guarding something. You want to sniper him, right? You don't you don't want to be near him. Um, and you're going to do considerably low damage. That's kind of bullshit. Um, he, you know, so I wonder if they're going to have like zones. This is a fire free zone. This is, this is where you're in this zone. This is where you'll take considerable damage. If, if you're shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how they're going to handle that. Cause they, they didn't want to give us too much about that. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe, it does. It, maybe, I guess we'll have to wait. I do want to say this in their defense. They are, in my opinion, one of the first few to really come forward with some constructive ideas to kind of help push back trolls. Hmm. No, no other game I know of has done anything like this. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the effort. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important to stop trolls and griefers and things like that. Cause it can be a very frustrating thing. It's something I've talked about before on the show and, and all of that. So I do appreciate it. I'm just curious how they're going to calculate it. That's all. I agree. I, or, or they might just do, I don't know. You fire the first shot. It's small. 
it's it's regardless of who's fired the shirt first shot it's going to be a small amount of damage and then if you guys exchange fire or you look at each other or something i don't know hmm. who knows yeah maybe maybe you have to ask to fight somebody maybe maybe which would be uh, kind of lame but yeah yeah well, so we're getting close on time here, so we'll we'll wrap things up with a couple of my thoughts about two games that I've been yeah. playing. So, uh, Overcooked Two, which came out last week, and Horizon Zero Dawn, which I've spoken about multiple times in the show. I finally beat the game. It took me thirty-two hours, and I hit level thirty-four, and I beat the main quest um, for that. And it has a new game plus that I have not started. It has DLC that I have DLC. not purchased. Yeah. Um, so. Just final non-spoiler thoughts. This is a great game. It takes a little while to get going. That first five hours was rough. But the next 27 were really fantastic. Aloy is an incredible character. Um, the Very moving performance. She does a great job. The graphics are really good. They're not great. There's some blocking issues where... You know, there's a clear area, but you can't actually shoot through it because it's really blocked off or my arrows got stuck in midair a couple of times. Uh, so there's some problems, but the game is really good. The story is, is really what sells it. Aloy as a lead is fantastic. And I cannot wait for the sequel. Um, has that been confirmed? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're working on a sequel. There is a post credit scene in this game too. Uh, that that sets up a sequel and so i just i i just have to say just watch the whole thing don't step away just watch the whole thing it's worth it this is a damn good game if you have not played horizon zero dawn yet and you have a ps4 you need to play this game sounds like i need to play this game so the dlc for it the frozen wilds has now just been bumped up my priority list um because I want to play that. I, I did pick up the DLC for Breath of the Wild to start doing the Champions Ballad and all that stuff. Um, How long is uh, the DLC to Horizon Zero Dawn estimated to be? You know, I'm not sure, to be totally honest. I didn't, I didn't go into detail looking into it because I didn't want any spoilers for the game. I see. So I didn't really look into it. I know that it takes place uh, before the ending of the main game. It's like a side side type thing like a companion story um so i know it's not a sequel it's not a prequel it's it's a companion story um but i didn't want any spoilers so good so I don't know. Uh, but oh. then that that brings me to overcooked too <laughs> yeah uh so overcooked i had i just have fantastic like i just say all these fantastic things about it this is the sequel came out last week uh the meals are more complicated the levels are more dynamic the graphics are about the same. The music is definitely better. And um, it start, I'm starting to think that I might have some technical issues with my Switch. Um, what? So I have, yeah, so I have two Pro Controllers, and then I have a Launch Edition Neon Switch. And one of my Pro Controllers keeps disconnecting from the console unless it has a direct line of sight to the console which means if I'm like on the couch and I put the controller in my lap and my knee is blocking the, the, the line of sight, it'll like my controller will disconnect, uh, which is really frustrating in a resource time sensitive game. That's co local co-op is really frustrating. 
So I put that one aside and picked up the Joy-Con and put them in the grip. And I think I have one of the bad Joy-Con from the original launch. Oh, that's a shame. And I don't, I didn't really know because I got the pro controller at launch too because of Zelda. And so I really only use the Joy-Con in handheld mode. I don't really, I don't really use it when I'm sitting at the, at the TV on my couch, I use my pro controller because I spent $70 on it. So that's what I use and it's more comfortable anyway. So I need to do some testing now because I'm going to have to contact Nintendo and find out what, what the hell is going on. Cause I've got potentially a, a bad joy con and a bad pro controller, which is a little frustrating, but overcooked two is really fun. It's really exciting. The levels are super crazy and out there. The storyline is different. Uh, which is really fun. It's a zombie storyline, which is just... Oh, that's cool as hell. It's great. It's got some cute Easter eggs in there from that genre. Very tongue-in-cheek like the original. Um, some of the, 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 the levels are just super complex. They change. You'll start in point A, and then the level will basically fall apart, and then you end up in a different area for the second half of the level, um, which is just, you know, you have, so you have to change everything up, you know. Um, communication is key right so ray and i play it we have to communicate with each other who's you know i'm doing meats okay i'll do vegetables or i'll plate things but you deliver or i'll do dishes and like you have to throw food sometimes you're separated and you actually have to throw stuff at each other because you can't actually move to that part of the map right you know so that takes some getting used to you know so you know maybe she has to call out you know i need three steaks and i gotta throw steaks at her you know (laughs) kind of thing Um, did you guys beat it not yet. We're about halfway through. That's That means you guys have been definitely playing a lot. Yeah, we've been this playing. It just came out like last week. It did. It came out last Tuesday. So it's less than a week. <laughs> It'll be out a, a week tomorrow, right? And yeah. uh, we've been playing it. It's, it's just too fun. It's a great game. It really is. And this one's got a lot of new mechanics, a lot of fun little things about it. There's more depth to it. There's more sophistication in the map design. The music is, is, is definitely fuller. Um, you know, it's, it's really a good game. Honestly, all around, it's a great sequel. It is. It's good. It's really good. Like if you want to play couch co-op, local co-op with somebody, get this game. It doesn't have to be for switch. They've got it on the other consoles too. I think it's great on switch if you have the option, but what's even better is this one, the sequel added online play and for switch local play. So you could bring your switch over and we could play together on our own switches, or you could be That's at your cool. house and we could play online with each other, which that, is great. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, so we can all, let's say I brought a switch. You brought, you have your switch. We had eight people there. We could all play. Um, I don't think it can or do it only up to four. It's a four person game because the way the kitchens are designed. So they have two modes. They have just the normal cooperative mode, which supports uh, up to four people working together. You can play it with one person with one controller, but it's very difficult because you have to control two characters with one controller, um, which means using two joysticks for two different characters. Not easy. Um, but there's a versus mode where you can do two V two. That's cool. Yeah. So I really want to play that. So I'd really like to get, you know, like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you guys come over or something like that and we do two V two and just kind of try that mode out. Um, I'm really curious to see how that, that plays. 
I have never played it, so and I know you rave about it, so I definitely want to try it. <laughs> it's good, but I, I will say this. I think you should start with the first one. To learn the ropes because it's a little easier paced? It is. It's, it's a little more simple. The, the new one definitely is more complex. The dishes you have to make are more complicated, um, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, the first one just really – it's, it's a little more toned down. It's, you know, it's a little tamer of a game, but they're both so good. I also don't want you to skip the first one and miss out on it. I, you said it was about $12 on the eShop? Well, no. So it was the first one I think was 20 and the second one's 25. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely doable. But I think it's totally worth it just because it's just the amount of fun you can have if you have somebody else to play with. It's just, it's great. Like there are just not enough local co-op games and this one is fantastic. So Switch is changing that man. Every game, almost every single game they've released has been cooperative, local co-op. Well, that's why I want Doom to come out with like a co-op mode or something like that. That'd be freaking sweet. Yeah, no. And it's something you would expect. You feel like they could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I, cause I think like Halo, Halo, is kind of very similar in a lot of aspects and you're like shit man if halo can do it why can't you halo does it gears of war does it you yeah know, so there's no reason that that doom couldn't you know they just might not be interested what's weird is i don't think bethesda has really ever made a local co-op game ever <laughs> i don't yeah. know i mean what even does even well i guess speaking of local co-op games they they are coming out with quake champions and it is going to be free to play that's supposed to be um, awesome, okay? And it's like basically a large free-for-all or um, you can do team deathmatch. And it's got a collective, a collection of characters from the Bethesda games um, and, of course, the Quake games. But it's a lot of fun, and I think maybe that's, maybe that's why they're holding out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We will. All right, man. Well, anything else today or are we good to go? Let's wrap this up. All right. Well, that is going to be it for us. This has been Gamer Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Don't forget next week for episode 60 or next episode two weeks from now for episode 60, we've got some really big announcements and changes coming to the show. So please, please tune in for that. You can find us at Heroes Podcasts dot com that's plural we're at heroes podcasts on twitter facebook and instagram john where can people find you if you want some cool stuff you can find me at buster props we're on twitter we're on facebook excuse me we're on instagram not twitter <laughs> instagram and facebook and you guys again, have a twitter okay well i don't manage the twitter so <laughs> there's twitter <laughs> um, but yeah if you guys are looking if, if anybody is wanting like a like a, I don't know, a Doom Space Marine helmet, hit me up. Nice, nice. And I am the Star Trek dude on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on other shows here on the Heroes Podcast Network, including Screen Heroes, our TV and movie podcast, and Red Shirts and Runabouts, our dedicated Star Trek podcast. So please follow me on the Twitterverse. Talk to me about games and things of that nature. We will catch you guys next time. Game on.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.